agrarious insult to the good sense of the burghers of Rotterdam. As to the shape of the phenomenon, it was even still more reprehensible, being little or nothing better than a huge foolscap turned upside down, and this similitude was regarded as by no means lessened, when upon nearer inspection there was perceived a large tassel depending from its apex, and around the upper rim or base of the cone a circle of little instruments resembling sheep-bells, which kept up a continual tinkling to the tune of Betty Martin. But still worse, suspended by blue ribbons to the end of this fantastic machine, there hung, by way of car, an enormous drab beaver hat, with a brim superlatively broad, and a hemispherical crown with a black band and a silver buckle. It is, however, somewhat remarkable that many citizens of Rotterdam swore to having seen the same hat repeatedly before, and indeed the whole assembly seemed to regard it with eyes of familiarity, while the Frau Gretel Pfeil, upon sight of it, uttered an exclamation of joyful surprise, and declared it to be the identical hat of her good man himself. Now this was a circumstance the more to be observed, as Pfeil, with three companions, had actually disappeared from Rotterdam about five years before, in a very sudden and unaccountable manner, and up to the date of this narrative, all attempts had failed of obtaining any intelligence concerning them whatsoever. To be sure, some bones which were thought to be human, mixed up with a quantity of odd-looking rubbish, had been lately discovered in a retired situation to the east of Rotterdam, and some people went so far as to imagine that in this spot, a foul murder had been committed, and that the sufferers were, in all probability, Hans Fahl and his associates. But to return, the balloon, for such no doubt it was, had now descended to within a hundred feet of the earth, allowing the crowd below a sufficiently distinct view of the person of its occupant. This was, in truth, a very droll little somebody. He could not have been more than two feet in height, but this altitude, little as it was, would have been sufficient to destroy his equilibrium and tilt him over the edge of his tiny car, but for the intervention of a circular rim reaching as high as the breast and rigged on to the cords of the balloon. The body of the little man was more than proportionally broad, giving to his entire figure a rotundity highly absurd. His feet, of course, could not be seen at all, although a horny substance of suspicious nature was occasionally protruded through a rent in the bottom of the car, or to speak more properly, in the top of the hat. His hands were enormously large. His hair was extremely grey and collected in a queue behind. His nose was prodigiously long, crooked and inflammatory. His eyes full, brilliant and acute. His chin and cheeks, although wrinkled with age, were broad, puffy and double, but of ears of any kind or character there was not a semblance to be discovered upon any portion of his head. This odd little gentleman was dressed in a loose surtout of sky-blue satin, with tight breeches to match, fastened with silver buckles at the knees. His vest was of some bright yellow material, a white taffety cap was set jauntily on one side of his head, and to complete his equipment, a blood-red silk handkerchief enveloped his throat and fell down in a dainty manner upon his bosom, in a fantastic bow-knot of super-eminent dimensions. Having descended, as I said before, to about one hundred feet from the surface of the earth, 
the little old gentleman was suddenly seized with a fit of trepidation and appeared disinclined to make any nearer approach to terra firma. Throwing out, therefore, a quantity of sand from a canvas bag, which he lifted with great difficulty, he became stationary in an instant. He then proceeded in a hurried and agitated manner to extract from a side pocket of his surtout a large Morocco pocket book. This he poised suspiciously in his hand, then eyed it with an air of extreme surprise, and was evidently astonished at its weight. He at length opened it, and drawing therefrom a huge letter sealed with red sealing wax and tied carefully with red tape, let it fall precisely at the feet of the burgomaster, Superbus von Underduck. His Excellency stooped to take it up, but the aeronaut, still greatly discomposed, and having apparently no farther business to detain him in Rotterdam, began at this moment.